0: Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat
1: double underscore. yes hello to all our waffle fans around western australia the nation and around the world welcome to another episode of around the waffle thanks to our good folks at BatChat studios well Here we are. Round one is among us. Awfully good Friday. It begins. The days are counting down. The clock is ticking to the first match of 2023. And we're going to delve into the players' perspective today. And none better than one of the players from the reigning premiers, West Perth. He's the dynamic pocket rocket in the West Perth forward line. He had another great season last year. Goal of the year premiership player. And his first berth in the state team for Western Australia, course i'm talking about kegan not he's our guest host today noddy welcome paul mate thank
0: you uh yeah thanks so much for having me I'm, I'm not sure how i drew the uh the card to be the first one i'm sure there's some bigger names out there mate but no nah, i'm actually stoked to, to be a part of it mate I'm, i really appreciate it and you know hopefully um yeah we can get this off the ground mate it's good
1: well your profile around wa football's increased you know not only very active around the socials talking all things footy
0: yeah mate. I, I guess i just at the end of the day i just genuinely love my footy um whether it be yeah, state league and afl and and you know i'm just kind of live and breathe it so um mate, ready to get stuck in
1: you must be pretty excited of course awfully good friday grand final rematch against claremont the excitement within yourself and within the team must be at a high mate
0: yeah absolutely i think every footballer will tell you that pre-season goes far too long um, you know, we, we start in November and, you know, you kind of get sick of crashing into bodies at training and you just kind of want to get out there and, um, you know, perform your craft, I guess, that you've been working on. So, no, we're super pumped. And I think, um, you know, grand final rematch is such a good um, way to kick off the season, I think, um, should be endorsed across all state leagues and AFL. I think just the, the first game of the year should be um, a, a rematch. And, you know, I'm sure Clem and I eagerly um, are waiting to, to verse us and, and get one back. So... Mate, pumped, can't wait. Nah, super excited.
1: Well, let's get right into it. This is the player's perspective around the waffle. Paul Persick and Keegan not with you. Let's go back to October 1 last year, the premiership at the Falcons' spiritual home at of Oval. Those first emotions when the final siren sounded. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Um, yeah, I always, I guess, yeah, smile when I, when I think about that moment, I guess. Um, yeah, I think... The first person I saw too, or saw, sorry, was was Blackie. I just, um, yeah, hands went straight up. Uh, I thought there was actually a little bit longer to go. I think the the siren blew, um, yeah, about the 27-minute mark. I thought that was probably going to tick over to 30. So when it went, it was just, yeah, complete elation. You kind of forget everything in that moment and you just want to share it with the people that are there. And, yeah, Blackie was the closest to me. And and then we, you know, ran over and, um, yeah, shared it with you know, initially us and then within 30 seconds that half a leadable oval was on the ground and um, very special moment, something that I'll hold, you know, close to my heart um, forever, mate. Those memories will, will never um, escape me. You've
1: got a great rapport with uh, Aaron Black, one of the West Perth co-captains who played in that premiership. Uh, what's it like to play with him and, you know, get some uh, great wealth of knowledge on the game uh, from a teammate like him who's played almost 300 games?
0: Mate, I, I, um, I, I've never met someone just so competitive, that competitive in, in everything he does, whether it's a training, he wants to lay the smile, he wants to get the boys up and about, games, he, he leads from the front so well. Um, if you're playing, you know, NBA 2K, he's competitive with that. It doesn't matter what it is, he wants to be the best and I think that sort of um, you know, attribute and value that he holds to, to his chest, yeah, he's just a rip and, and pretty lucky to, to play a lot of footy with him, to be honest, super lucky.
1: Did you expect the, the 17,000 over there at Leederville Oval to push on onto the ground?
0: Uh, no, nah, not, not something I really th- thought of would happen. I guess you don't really think that far ahead, but it just felt right. It felt it felt right when it happened. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's pretty special to be able to share that with, um, you know, your neutral supporters, but also your, your diehard West Perth fans who've, who've, you know, been there thick and thin through the West Perth-Leadable days now up in June lark for them to be there and share that with us, um, yeah, it, it sits right now and, and it's, it's pretty special, to be honest, thinking back. I, I think, um, you know, the grand final happening at a, at a local footy ground is pretty special and, um, yeah, that's, yeah, just can't stop smiling, to be honest, when I think about those images and pictures
1: you've played a grand final Optus stadium now one at lead of The suburban ground carries a much better atmosphere. You would think where would a grand final for you, if you were making another grand final again, suit you a little bit more based on your style of footy and just the way it's been played and the way it's been hosted.
0: Yeah. Good question. Look, I'm a big advocate for, for a local ground. I think just the atmosphere and um, of the crowd, I guess, so to speak. I mean, look, Played in twenty eighteen when we we you know we ten goals down against Subi at halftime and Optus felt like a pretty lonely place at that point. So um, I'm sure you know the Subi boys have a different perspective on that. But I guess um, if if I think about WA footy and um, footy at its best, it's um, it's crowd interaction, it's entertainment, it's it's close. You can you know hear the bumps. Um, you can hear the players talking, communicating. Um, look, I think um, footy in general can only win when it's at a local ground. And, you know, I guess you have you have goal posts and point posts at either end, and, you know, you, you play wherever. But in terms of the atmosphere, I'm a, a local footy ground guy uh, every day of the week.
1: Because when you ran out onto the ground, out at Leederville Oval on that grand final day, what was the noise like? What was the feeling inside when you ran out onto the ground with your teammates about to do battle with another powerful side in Claremont?
0: Yeah, uh, it was generally just a buzz. I remember going out at three quarter time, um, and I don't normally have a kick at three quarter time, but I thought, you know, this, you know, might never ever be here again. So I wanted to, you know, feel the atmosphere and feel the energy and go on out. It was just, it was just a buzz that you could hear the kids, you could see them kicking, up, you know, footies on the on the um, on the oval, um, up on the grass banks at Leadable. and and I guess you know, I actually remember running out. At three-quarter time just having a kick and just smiling smiling with all the boys just saying how good's good's this like, this is what it's all about so um mate the, the best feeling running out with them at three-quarter time and an even better feeling um you know coming in to the rooms after after a big big win
1: especially when you've got such a committed and passionate coach too and darren harris who returned to Falconland at the start of last year after having won a premiership in 03. What was it like getting guidance from the great man in Harrow for what he has done over the years at West Perth, but also for WA footy in general, having coached Claremont as well to another grand final? What was it like to get those words of wisdom from Harrow? I think the
0: word guidance is is such a good good way to put it. Harrow is um, he, he's not uh, a super, you know, um, authoritarian. He likes to delegate responsibility to, to other coaches, put it on our leaders. And I think when Harrow speaks about whether it's game plan, whether it's a one-on-one conversation um, with him, um, it's pretty honest. And it's also, um, you know, less is more sort of thing with Harrow. I think that's what he's so good at. He's, he's good at pointing out the little things to make you better or make people around you better. And that's just what he's done. He's come to the footy club and, He's just made people and individuals um, just better, thinking about themselves and how they can improve. Um, and, you know, he, he's just a, I think above all else, he's just a ripper bike. Like he, he really is just, he has a lot of time for people, invest time in people, and I guess in return, people um, invest time in him, and, and that's the relationship we have. Matt's super lucky to have him, and he's just, um, yeah, hall of, hall of Fame status for me when I think about what he's done on and off the field, mate. He is a ripper.
1: Well, he's had a legendary career in, in waffle footy, Not only played in the Premiership, but also coached in a Premiership as well. Because this is the second coach that you've played under when you've been at West Perth. You had Billy Monahan as a coach, uh, West Perth's last Premiership coach before Harrow came in and won it last year. What what was the different dynamic in comparison with with Harrow to Billy Monahan when he was at West Perth?
0: Um, yeah, I mean we we did have we did have uh, Jeff Valentine before Harrow as well for a Valentine, couple of years. Yeah, yeah so um, look. I also you know every every coach you're going to have you know uh, you're going to learn something from I think and and Bill for me in a personal perspective he really taught me how to work hard um, you know and and the the commitment um, and dedication it takes to to be a waffle footballer um, he, I really had to earn my stripes under under Bill and it wasn't all you know roses at the start so um, definitely made me self reflect um, Bill was a mastermind coach in terms of you know tactics and strategies and what um you know what needs to happen to to win big games and big moments is is he's a strategist and and that's something that i will always appreciate him bringing um Jeff was kind of in, in the harrow ilk um in terms of he put your arm his arm around you and um you know he wants you to just be a a good person first and foremost, and then football flows after that so i mean completely different um coaches. Um, in that aspect, um, and and three people that I'm just really appreciative of just having a chance to to I guess learn my craft and, and become a better person in football under. So I feel very very lucky to to have a um, you know an opportunity to to be coached by all three.
1: We have three great uh, three great coaches and a very powerful club in in West Perth. All three of them. You've played grand finals under, and now with a premiership last year, it's, it caps off what was a great year for you, 2022. I've always said to a lot of people that 2022 was the year where you, you well and truly arrived. You know, more than just a magnificent goal sneak, you were able to not only play in a premiership, but also get the prestigious honour of playing for Western Australia in that great game against South Australia last May. What was it like to pull on the the, the, the black and gold with the mighty black swan for, uh, for the very first time in your career?
0: Yeah, I think it's probably something I look back now and I just feel super, super proud. I guess my footy journey hasn't always been, um, you know, I haven't always been in the top, you know, 5, 10, 15 best players of my, my every footy club I've been in. I've really had to work hard and, you know, my first six or seven years I've played a lot of reserves footy. So um, there was times there where I thought, you know, the belief wasn't there to, to play at that level. Um, I went away and, and played for Northern as well. So... Um, there was times where I had to reflect um, and try to make myself, you know, um, love the game again and, and I guess, um, yeah, the second, I guess my career is in, in two halves sort of thing and, and the second half of my career um, I found a home, you know, at West Perth and I can, can completely um, understand now that I would not have, you know, been able to put on that jumper, I guess, without um, being inside the four walls of, of West Perth. They, they're just a place where I can be myself, on and off the field, and, and when I feel comfortable to express myself there, I, I play my best footy when I you know I don't have to think about anything else other than playing footy. So um, I guess proud of, of the journey I've been on, um, and just proud to represent this great state. There's been some seriously good state players, so um, you know that have played five, six, seven games. So just to play one of them um, makes me super proud, mate.
1: Well, some of your teammates that that were there in that game, Ben Sokol, also. Bailey Rogers, a former Sandover medalist, and a couple from East Fremantle as well. So some of those who, who really stood out to you playing for West Australia that day at Optus Stadium against South Australia, who, who were you most honoured to play with?
0: I feel like I'm a little bit biased here, but, um, yeah, well, first off, Noah, Noah Peguero, um did a super job on, on Menzo, and um, how he's not on the list kind of bewilds me, to be honest. Um, generally one of the best intercepting, uh, marking defenders with, Seriously, um, stupendous amount of skill, um. But look, if I if I take my West Perth lens off, which is tough to do sometimes, but Bailey Rogers is um, he is a genuine animal. He's pure power. He's incredibly skillful, left and right. He can break open a game within five or ten minutes. He, he can turn momentum, um, just like that. Um, you know, John O'Marsh is a strange unit, but he's also a ripper, and, and he can rip games apart as well. So, I I think I think um being led also by, by Lee Kitchen. Um, he, I kind of call him the godfather of the waffle. He's just, um, when he speaks, you listen, you can tell why he's had so much success. And, um, you know, you could probably go through so many names there and, and just feel pretty blessed to, to rub shoulders with him, and, and even just, you know, kicking the foot of your training with them. It's it's just, yeah, um, sometimes I feel like I don't belong in that sense. But, um, yeah, I feel, I feel very, you know, a lot of gratitude
1: for it. What's the confidence like now that, you know, having lost that game to South Australia, what about this year? Going to Adelaide on a Friday night, if you selected, that would be something, that would be a big opportunity. Oh, man, I think
0: um, any time you get to to travel with, um, you know, anywhere with, with your mates, especially when you're playing footy for your state, that's something to be super excited about. Um, I don't think too many uh, players would be thinking about that at this stage. I guess, um, yeah, I guess everyone's just preparing for round one and, um, but the state game quickly does, you know, creep up on you and, um, you know, if, if that happens to me again, I, I know I'll, I'll go over there with a smile on my face and, and I know I'll enjoy every little bit of it. Um, so if that comes, that's, that's fantastic. And Friday night in Adelaide, um, that'd be pretty special.
1: No, no doubt about it. South Australia always a big football state and uh, very parochial, like uh, like us West Aussies. Now, you were talking a little earlier about playing in Northern and, and rediscovering your love for the game when it felt like it had been lost. What what were some of the experiences there? Um, yeah, there's a
0: few few uh, pros and cons, I guess. I think I think the experience there was just um, you know, just getting out of the waffle bubble for me was actually firstly. Um, really good for me. I just kind of had a clean slate and went and just, um, you know, I just played footy because I love it and, and I didn't have to worry about too much about the commitment. Probably wasn't the best teammate. I think I'd um, go to training once every two months and, um, you know, rock up game day half an hour before, but it's actually exactly what I needed. Um, so, mate, there was, there was a time when, when I, um, you know, I think I, I had a late late lunch. I cruised past Domino's on the way there and it was smashing down a, a triple cheese cheese and more cheese pizza on the way to the game. So having it a little bit, um, I guess, you know, yeah, casual in that sense was was fantastic for me. And there's some seriously good players up there that, you know, they, they work up there, they live up there, they wouldn't, you know, come down and, and, and try a waffle footy, but there are some players there that I've just seen and just gone, mate, how good are you? Um, and those experiences there were actually, yeah, one of one of a um, few highlights, I reckon, of my career, just, getting to know the town and, and getting involved in, in footy there. I think, um, you know, I think I'll probably see myself back there at some point when, when my career is done.
1: It creates such a such a great community atmosphere, country football. I've been fortunate enough to be involved in some country games and the atmosphere, the community spirit that's there is just outstanding. It feels like you're playing on the MCG or at Optus Stadium on that last, day in, last Saturday or Sunday in September, but it's nowhere near the crowd size there. But the noise and the environment certainly creates that feeling.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think the best thing is that the whole town is there, um, especially in a home game. And it, obviously when you travel away, it's all the same. Like the, the, the people there just love their footy and they just go there and they just back their team to the hill and they just want, um, I don't know, they just want to enjoy footy and that's the best thing what footy does. It, it brings people and, and, and towns together in, in that aspect and they're there for a common goal just to be out there, whether it be a beer or a sausage or whatever a barbecue and you just sit back and watch the footy. I think that's what's really special about it.
1: Now we go on to the 2023 season. It is a huge season, maybe a more open season than what we had last year with the five not being decided until the very last game, which sides from your point of view, do you think are going to be very tough for West Perth to beat this season? Because there were a few games last year where that they really caught you by surprise. I mean, look at the game round eight against East Frio at the Wacker. That was a beauty. Swan Districts in the rain at Steel Blue Oval. Which of those sides do you think are really going to give West Perth a good fight in
0: 2023? Now, well, honestly, um, if if we're not on any, like if if any team you know is is ready to take us, that's that's the sort of attitude I guess that we have to adopt. So any 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 team um, if if you're not on can get you, and that's just how close the competition is. Um, the, every single club um works. The, you know they clacker off pre season, and, and every clubs ready to go. So, um, yeah, mate, uh, uh, honestly, any any team, any day can can get you. Um, if you know you, you're slightly off, you get punished.
1: Well, if you have to take your West Perth cap off for a moment, and if yep. West Perth don't win it, who do you think does win the premiership this year? Jeez, that's pretty tough. That's
0: tough. That's tough because you obviously want to win it. Um. Yeah, I think Claremont. Yeah, I think Claremont. They're they're there and thereabouts. They've they've obviously a core of that group have gone through some some obviously grand final losses and and um, they still have a a very as I said core group of players that um, are very very talented and um, so for me it's pretty hard to go past them. Um, East Fremantle they got a genuinely very very good list and a very very good coach. Um, So I guess those those two teams um, from last year. would probably be there if we're not, but we will be there, so um, they're going to have to verse one of us.
1: Take it to the bank, Keegan. Not West Perth in the grand final, but you know, I admire, I admire your confidence, man. You know, you always got to be there. You know, you always got to be at your best when playing at uh, at Waffle 40. I just want to go back to that round eight game, if I may, because th- that game, even though it was the wrong end of the result, I think it was one of your best for the season. You know, to be again containing that prowess up forward, kicking four goals and keeping the Falcons back in the game. It, it was such an important game for both teams, considering that they were battling for top spot on the ladder. And, you know, not a lot of people during the pre-season expected East from Andel to even be in the top four or five.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I, as I yeah, touched on before, they got a seriously good coach and, um, and they have some seriously good leaders as well at that club. So, um, yeah, we could see kind of their progression the years uh, leading up to last year and, and, that game in particular, um, you know, I was at the Wacker, so it was actually a, a really, you know, pretty cool experience. I've only ever gone there, you know, with my dad to watch the cricket. And um, I think I saw, yeah, Brad Hodge double ton there actually. Um, so to to be, you know, on the ground instead um, was awesome. I think the build-up was good. The, the ground's a bit shorter and rock hard. So two kicks from the back line, you're inside 50. So, yeah, I guess it obviously helped me a little bit. I think I, I went into half time with... You know a handball to my name it wasn't having an impact at all but um yeah i guess small forwards kind of kind of prey on opportunity a little bit and sometimes takes three quarters to to find the footy and then it might all come at once but um it's yeah i, I mean that game i just remember being really high scoring um and that's kind of when you know esfer kind of announced themselves and said hey we're, we're here we're, we're a pretty good team and um yeah they got one up you know up on us on that day so but um, that, that would have been a cracking one to call and a cracking one to watch. I reckon.
1: No, it was. It, it was certainly a great game. I think I called that day. It was the, sh- the day the Sharks came of age, and that was yeah. when the moment East Fremantle, were, East Fremantle fans, stood up and took notice, and I think a lot of other fans stood up and took notice and said, "The Sharks, they're here, and they're not here to mess about."
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think you, you need those little wins, you know, for a club that's up and coming like that to, to, for them to get that confidence as well. So I, I know that was huge for them. And it definitely, you know, it, it helped them um, throughout the year. And, and, you know, they were you know one, one win away from, from a grand final berth. So they're pretty close.
1: You talk about the forward line, you know, and, and it's a very powerful forward line that, that West Perth have got. What's it like playing in tandem with uh, Tyler Keitel?
0: Mate, I, I love him. I love him on and off the field he um you know he he crashes pack so i can crumb um if i get the ball 70 out without even looking i know where he is um and i guess that telepathy kind of just started with just a mateship i guess when i got to the club um yeah he was one of the blokes that put his arm around me and, and you know we went out for coffees and just hung out and just developed a really good friendship and i guess that took us onto the field and um, Tyler and I now have just have this wonderful relationship where um, he knows where I am at all times and what I expect from him, and vice versa. So um, I'm pretty lucky to play with. Uh, look, in my opinion, uh, maybe controversially, but I think he's the best player in the comp. When he when when Tyler is up and about, um, yeah, good luck.
1: What about that? That's that's not a bad call. You know, I consider him to be one of the top four or five players in the competition. Just just the way he's able to. Maintain his balance when he's got the ball, and then deliver and kick big bags of goals. And you know he's not afraid to kick about six or seven goals on any given game.
0: Yeah, and he, the the thing he's in the in the Aaron Black mold of he just doesn't like to lose um, at all, and he'll do anything to come out on top. And his um, competitive nature um, allows him to um, just be an animal for you know one hundred minutes on a Saturday, and that's the the TK that we love um, as a team. Eh?
1: Get Aaron Black and Tyler Keitel maybe on a two K head to head battle.
0: Yeah. Oh well, 2k still got Blackie pretty comfortably, but 2K's a oh. sort of bloke that would he'd, he'd rip out the PlayStation and take home the TV as well if it was looking like he was going to lose. So <laughs>
1: yeah, well, based on the competitiveness, it'd be harder to pick than a broken nose, I'd have to say.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate.
1: <laughs> now, what about, of course, the season ahead? The preparations I can imagine have been absolutely bonkers. You know, after a premiership. You know, you want to prove that that premiership wasn't just a one-off. you want to go back-to-back and you want to even go for three in a row come the end of 2024. What's the morale in the team like, the synergy between uh, forward line, midfield and in defence? And, you know, what's going to be that big intention for the club come round one on Awfully Good Friday?
0: Yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, sitting here and, and, you know, the AFL played – three games and um, Geelong is zero and three and that's probably not where they wanted to be. And, and um, you know, as, as a, I guess now the hunted, I've never really been in that position um, before. Um, it, I think for me, it all starts with, with training standards. And I think that that hunger um, and drive to, to be better and push others to be better um, is a really big indicator and um, look at, at, at the club since November, um, there are a lot of people that that missed out and, and they're still here and they're still pretty hungry. And training, is it's been ferocious. Um, it has been um, absolutely full on and, and there's sharks in the water at the end of the day. So um, if if players aren't at their best and they're not putting their best foot forward, um, there are people that have shown throughout pre-season they're ready to take your spot and I think that breeds a really good... Um, you know, it's a good breeding ground for success, I think. Um, so, mate, I, I, that's what I mean. I, I think the, the, the list as a whole is going to um, take um, this club to hopefully, you know, more success this year. And, um, you know, as I said, if you're not on, you, you won't play.
1: You've also had, you know, some great, uh, you've given the, the young boys, especially a lot of great confidence. I mean, some of the young players that, that have been in that side and they were only in that side for five weeks and they played in the grand final. Corey, Corey Rundle, in particular, who debuted in the final round of the season, he's really started to, you know, hit his straps over the first few weeks of his Waffle career.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's also the beauty of it. You know, we do actually have, um, you know, we've had a cool group of players that have played together for five, six years, and, and then you have these, um, these some of these Colts kids coming up. Um, I don't know what they've been eating or what's happening to them down there, but they are just, um, but some of them are just really ready already. Um, yeah, so, you know, if you talk about Corey Rundle, he, he comes in um to the senior squad two years ago he um you know he's obviously came up with a, a lot of talent um you know and, and he had to earn his stripes i guess and he still had the confidence in the you know the coaching team obviously to pick him and to play his role and he comes in grand final day and just does exactly what we asked of him um, and he didn't need to do anything more um yes yeah, so, you know he's 21 joe hinder same boat he's, he's a, a just a ripping fella and he comes in and and plays his role and, and you know, he, he has, you know, team success. No one really needs to go outside of what we expect of them. And I think when they come into the the senior squad um, from Colts and, and the young guys coming through, um, it's really simple. It's it's play team footy first, be selfless, um, play your role for the team and, and it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. And I think if you buy into that and you want to, you know, cross every um, T and dot every I, um, you, you'll play for this club full, full faith in people that um, have that belief and determination to, to play team footy and, and play for each other, they'll play. And, and Some of the kids we have coming up are, are pretty exciting.
1: I reckon there was the belief in one player who, who retired at the end of last season and you only got to play with him one, one season, Anton Hamp. What, what was it like to play under him who has got grand final experience and has been there for as long as even we can remember?
0: Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, so, Paul, I started my journey as a as a Claremont Tiger and, um, yeah, we, we actually played a handful of um, reserves games um, together and it's funny enough when I think about him then and then I think about him last year, um, he's just the same really calm, measured um, person on the field and off the field that just gives great advice. And he's, um, you know, I think in the, that, that Eastern Mantle game in particular, I'm um, out the whacker. I I remember I had a shot from 52. I was feeling it. Thought you know, I was on. Um, and you know, hampy was sitting 20 meters out by himself. And instead of baking me and, and going off at me, he just comes up to me and says, "Yeah, mate. Um, was probably just on for that one." As calmly as that, and just jogs off. You know, he's just um just amount of perspective and and um just super respected. And I know he's not you know just respected within um, West Perth now being a premiership player, but. I reckon whoever's crossed paths, paths with um uh, would say the exact same thing.
1: You know, a lot of players, you know, really have got to be measured these days. You know, not only, you know, the older people watching, but also the younger the younger, play, the younger uh, fan brigade as well that are, that are watching games. And, you know, they look up to these players and, you know, they see a lot of the, the young players who have got a good profile on and off the field as an influence to the younger audience that loves to go out there on a Saturday afternoon and, and watch Waffle Footy, you know. How, how, that's been a big factor in, in your career. Yeah, and I don't
0: think you, you realise the impact you do have um, sometimes until um, Saturdays, the game's finished and you see families and, and kids and children in the room and, and, and that real family feel. And I think that's why I love WA footy is you, you get to be really close. And, and when, you know, some, some kids or if I've got students coming from school to, to um, you know, get an autograph or a photo or a high five, I think that's when you really realise how um how much you do you know touch I guess the outer community and um you know it's a really important role as well to be um, a role model like that um on the field as well because you know kids are pretty attentive and and they make their mind up pretty quick whether they really um you know I guess whether they like you or not and and your your actions on and off the field they they pay pretty close attention to so um I think it's really important that if you're thinking of others um in that sense then. Um, hopefully, some of that rubs off, and, and they can you know be good
1: people and good footy players as well. Kids coming from from school because away from the field, you're a school teacher. Is that correct? Yeah,
0: yeah, correct. Got a a year six class mate, so um, yeah, yeah, they actually come down in, in droves to home games, which is always lovely to see.
1: They're they're very supportive of the fact that you know you're, you're a premiership player. What what I can imagine the welcome must have been so positive and so full of noise when you when you got back to school after you won the premiership.
0: Yeah, well the principal at um at my school, um, she's a mad Westpur supporter and her her husband, um, he he you know, he does some fantastic things around the footy club, he's always involved. Um and, you know, she um bless her, she, you know, put it up on the big screen, you know, um at an assembly. Um just the grand final day and, and, yeah, the whole school was there and cheering and, and whatnot. So um, I guess in my own lunchbox, um, you know, a little bit of a celebrity, but um, something that I really actually appreciate. And, and and I think, you know, that environment for them to, to I guess, you know, have someone which they, they um, you know, can relate to, it's important. So it's something that I hold close to my heart.
1: I'd love to see them just quietly name the sports hall after you.
0: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be pushing for it. <laughs>
1: Well, hopefully, it's it's a it's a, a, a success uh, in the long term. Well, Keegan, it's been a lot of fun having a chat with your mates, so, um, gaining a very good uh, player's perspective on the preparation, and now with the pressure of being a premiership player, you know, really coming to the forefront ahead of the season. Uh, It's been a lot of fun gaining some great insight. I'm sure our our Around the Waffle listeners uh, really enjoyed it as well and a few laughs along the way. Thanks so much, Keegan. We really appreciate it and uh, all the very best to you against Claremont in what is going to be a fascinating grand final rematch on Awfully Good Friday.
0: Paul, mate, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, mate, I think you're doing an awesome job. I I love seeing this out in the socials and a bit more player insight. I'm sure people... I really appreciate it, mate. So I know I do and, and, um, yeah, uh, go well, mate. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Keegan. And to our listeners as well, we thank you very much for tuning in to Around the Waffle. Thanks to the good folks at Backchat. Remember to like us on our socials. You can like us on Facebook, on Instagram and on Twitter as well. Every episode is available on your podcast service, whether it be Spotify or Apple or anything like that. And of course, every video podcast will be on YouTube, on the Backchat YouTube channel. Don't forget on Thursday, joining us will be Great Skeet himself, Mark Reddings, to preview all five matches as part of Round 1. Thanks for your time. We look Forward to your company on Thursday's edition of Around the Waffle when we preview round one.
0: Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.